Welcome to Disc Integration. This is your host, Tim. This is Matt. And we're getting together for, what is this, the ninth album? That sounds right. I think so. I mean, we'll find out for sure later when I get into my little spiel about the album. Right. But, Wish. Matt, you got anything else to talk about before we get into music? Did we talk about your California trip last um, time? No, I was headed to my California trip when we, when we recorded right. last time. So, so enjoyable? I, yeah, and warmer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But no, I had a good time. Did some touristy stuff, went to beaches, and went to like an exploratorium, which is like an interactive museum for kids, which was super interesting. Not so much fun. Right, it's your mentality level. Yeah, yeah, that's right where I'm at. No, and then we did like Disney. And you know what, I go to shit like that. It's fucking fun, even if you're an adult. Uh, Sometimes no, I ended up being in charge of my like almost two-year-old niece for a good chunk of it, and that was just not my cup of tea. There are memories you'll have forever, man. They are, and memories she will have until she's two. No, Lunch. you'll have. She's not going to Yeah, that's shit. what I mean. <laughs> She'll have the memory until <laughs> She forgot tomorrow. the next day. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking goldfish. Uh, I don't really have anything. Christmas was fun, but Christmas is always fun. On to our match play of the week. The money in the bank match. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I forget that again? <laughs> did you forget it again? <laughs> Song is money. The bands are Cardi B, Choking Victim, Embrace, KMFDM, and Barrett Strong. Matt, what'd you start with? I started with... I did them basically in the order you read them off last time. I started with uh, Cardi B. I did as well. So that was... I mean, I listened to them in the order that they are on here. Okay. So we'll just do them in that order. First off, with this song, I had to sign into YouTube. So I'm typing this just... This is huh? stream of conscious that I typed this. I had to sign into YouTube to listen to this. I haven't watched a second of this video yet, but I can tell you something. You should probably be more worried about your kids being exposed to Choking Victim, another band in this match, <laughs> than whatever is about to be in this Cardi B video. I didn't realize you had to log in to watch the Cardi yeah. B video, because... Oh, crap. Now I see why there are boobs in this video. Oh! It starts with boobs. Yeah. I don't know if you just listen to the song. And, you know, I don't care. <sighs> Show boobs in videos. But I didn't realize YouTube would even allow such a thing i think it's something new-ish like right. with the accounts you can you have access to higher rating rated stuff because because right. you're an adult because you're in i mean if you put in a birthday it's honestly it's the first time i've ever come across the video yeah. but it if this song is that popular that youtube's like yeah man whatever you say cardi b man this person sells a lot of albums apparently <laughs> i mean i'd heard the name before but this is the first time i've ever been exposed to the actual music uh which you know uh, it's just club rap, right? Yeah, like, this is just it, stuff you play at clubs. Yeah, like, this is this is the club dance rap, like the bubble gum pop of yeah. rap music. So I don't like bubble gum pop, so I didn't really care for this too much. It's not the least favorite song I've heard since we started doing this match play, because I'm sure there was one I hated more than this song, but this one was pretty close. Yeah, the glorification of corporations i was gonna say this uh, is of money in general it's about corporate money that's what this is so uh yeah just doesn't fit my ethos or the sound like i listened to it a couple of times wow i listened to it once well i listened to it like (laughs) once at home and then like as the playlist existed till we re-listened today right i listened to it again and i'm like i don't know why i did that twice yeah no i would never listen to this again (laughs) You've been watching boobs on YouTube at work? Apparently. <laughs> I didn't even realize it plays in the background. I shrunk that train and I have a clue. Oh, man. 
Well, honestly, the only reason I saw it is I usually do switch screens. I was so curious, like, what's in this video that I have to sign in? <laughs> yeah, like, like why, do I need to, could, why do I need to tell you? How bad could this stuff? be that they would have you do that? Next, I had Choking Victim. I've heard this song a bunch. <laughs> Probably from <laughs> like, yeah, like for I think, me. I think when we were sharing an office, I heard this song. Like, this song came up, and I'm like, I almost know this song word for word. Like, Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do, in fact, love Choking Victim. Yeah. I don't know if they have a song that I don't like. But this is a good primer for what they generally sound like, I noticed, because it starts with the political yeah. propaganda th- statement at the beginning. I can't remember the guy's name. He's a spoken word artist. I think Jesse something, maybe. I can't remember. But then it just goes into the kind of their mix of ska and hardcore and metal. Yeah. The song represents them well. It's probably not my favorite Choking Victim song, but it's a, it's if a, you like this song, you're probably generally going to like this band. Yeah, it's a good it's a good intro sound of theirs. Like, yeah, it's representative of what they sound like. But I'm not allowed to vote for Choking Victim. I am, though. <laughs> it's true. <clears throat> Up next, Embrace. The song this album comes from is probably... Not probably. It's in my top ten albums. Like, if I'm listening to complete albums, it's one that I always have on whatever device I'm listening to music from. Like, it's on there. I hadn't heard of Embrace until this. Right. (laughs) Actually, my brother bought the album when he was, like, 15, and we probably listened to it twice and just never again. It wasn't until I was probably, like, 27, 28 that I was like, well, you know what? What was this record? <laughs> and then I was just blown away. Like, man, why weren't we listening to this whole time? I don't even think this is one of the best songs on the album. In fact, I, it might be one of the... Not, I don't want to use the term worst because I think they're all good, but like the least best. <laughs> not greatest. <laughs> not greatest. There you go. That's probably better. Mm-hmm. So what did you think? It wasn't what I expected from the band. Like, that wasn't a band name I would expect to create that sound. Oh, Embrace. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. No, I was fully prepared for it to be like random, I guess, church-type music. Church church music? Yeah, it is. Oh, not. yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, That's no, what like, you're saying, like yeah. some Christian band? Yeah, some like Christian yeah. rock, maybe. Like, <laughs> oh, man. And then like you just started, I'm like, there's no way that <laughs> Tim would ever. So it's like, no, it was definitely not what I expected, but it was good. I, it was thematically opposed to what Cardi B was. It was, it was 100%. Of course, so was Choking Victim, The opposite, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cardi B was 100% corporate money, and everybody so far, other than her, was yeah. like, not. Those two are taking the opposite stance on money. Yep. <laughs> Up next was KMFDM. I know, I know the band. Like, right. I recognize the name, I recognize the sound. I don't know that I've ever heard this song outside of... I, I had no clue... I, you know, I listened to KMFDM, probably first time I heard them, I was like 17, 18, and I didn't get into it then. What was the other band? There's another band, because it was that band and another one somebody recommended to me. Hmm? Skinny Puppy, or Skin Puppy, something like that. Skinny Pup, maybe. Maybe. But they were just like this kind of electronica rock music. Yep. Honestly, when it first kicked on, it, uh... I said, they're like, this, is, this sounds like something from Pop, from U2. Right. <laughs> but it did only for a bit in the very beginning. After that, you know, they used chunkier guitars and stuff like that. I can see that in the in the very beginning. Like, of what I know of U2, like, at the very intro of this song, I could see it sounding. Yeah. And it very much changes from that U2 sound. I mean, they're both just ripping off, I think, Kraftwerk, probably. But generally, that's what the first impression I was like, this sounds like. And I hate that U2 album, so it wasn't working for me <laughs> Uh, I was excited to try, you know, listen to them again just to go, because I've rediscovered bands I was dismissive of when I was younger, you know, 
probably last 15 years I've done that. Like, oh, yeah. man, how did I not listen to that? So I was hoping this would be one of those, like, success stories. Like, all right, here's a band I can go back and listen to everything of because I like them now. Not so much. But since I can't pick Choking Victim or Embrace, hmm? KMFBM's in the lead. <laughs> <laughs> last song, well, last artist? Yeah, last artist. Barrett Strong. Barrett Strong. This one has a like a subtitle to it. It's not just money. I noticed that too. I was thinking, man, does this still count? But it does. It does because it's it, yeah. money is the primary name, and then yeah, we I think we threw parentheses out a long yeah. time ago as being yeah. important. Actually, know this song. <laughs> yeah. like, like, everybody knows this everybody, song. Everybody, like if you if you when I was listening to the other ones, I didn't realize I, that this song was called Money. I was I didn't oh I knew this song was called Money. But I didn't know it was on the list we had. I didn't know who the hell Barrett Strong was. Yeah. So I was listening to the other ones. And I was like, man, I'm going to look up the song Money. Mm-hmm. Like this song, I was going to look up who it was. And then it kicked on. I was like, oh, perfect. It's already on the list. I don't have to text Matt to tell him, hey, you need to listen to this too. Because yeah. it would be ridiculous if we did this. If we did Money without doing without this song. Without having this song. Yeah. Very strong sounds like someone that would dominate in a Money in the Bank match. I think he would too. Yeah. <laughs> like he, said, he definitely has that sound. I mean, if you walked up to somebody and said, "Hey, you ever heard that song, Money?" This is what they're thinking of. Yep. This or and I thought of another one, but I was like, I'm not throwing them in there because I don't fucking like them. Pink Floyd has yeah, a song called Money, so I they think do. And I think it came up when we well, were. I guess now the list. Cardi B. They would, eat, they yeah. would either answer yeah. Cardi B, Very Strong, or Pink Floyd. Maybe. I mean, but for the most part, I think. Everybody knows this that's song. what I want. Yeah, oh, exactly. But that, but like that's where I ran into it. Like that is what I know. This, know, this song. Is. It's true. Yeah. That was the main thing I liked in the song was the drums in the background. Yeah. It'd just be him and the drums. Like that shit was pounding. Yeah. Uh, it is the Cardi B song, and this one are thematically the same. They are. Yep. <laughs> so they are two, both corporate money. <laughs> two money worshippers, two money haters, and I'm not really sure what KMFDM was saying. In I song, have no honestly. clue. I, 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 that one I probably had to listen to the most just to get the like message. Right. And I still don't. Know. Yeah, I listened to it once and I didn't catch on with what was going. So. Oh. All right. So who did you pick to win? Uh, for me, I picked Choking Victim. Did you? Yep. Well, I was banned from it, so I picked Barrett Strong. Yeah. The original. The original money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do, do he any was, of these other he songs... He was a solid second. Well, like, Cardi B maybe does exist, but Choking Victim Embrace and KMFDM, do they exist without pioneers like Barrett Strong rocking out money? I don't I don't think anybody. <laughs> so. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I Barrett Strong could definitely take a strong second. Like, if I couldn't vote for Choking Victim... I would have probably picked him. Honestly, don't know that I would have picked Choking Victim if I was allowed to vote for him. Because huh? I just think the significance of that song versus the significance of money for I mean, Choking Victim. Yeah, the the recognition that Barrett Strong has. I can see your argument because there. Because I would probably, either one of them kicks onto my car, I'm probably going to sing along to both of them. Huh? So, I mean, yeah, generally I like the other one more, but... I think Barrett Strong would still win. In my, I would I find mean, I a way to sing along it. to Barrett yeah. Strong. I did yeah. not sing along to Choking Victim, but and it's a good ass song. It's not like all of rock songs from back then are good. Well, a lot the, of them are really shit. Well, the message is definitely <laughs> similar to Cardi B's. Musically, it is better. It is better. I like the Money in the Bank match. It'll be the only one unless we come up with some other song title that includes money, but it's not just the word money. <laughs> so let's start getting into Wish. Released in April of 92, it is The Cure's ninth album. I remember correctly. Bam. 
The album debuted at number one in the UK and number two in the United States, and it would be the band's highest charting album. Sold more than 1.2 million copies in America and was nominated for Best Alternative Music Album at the 1993 Grammys. Yeah, no, I looked, uh, the winner actually that year was Tom Waits. But I looked up the award itself because I remember being kind of a joke when I was a kid. Good. I was like, hey, whatever happened with that award? It, you know, went down a hole. 90, 1994, I don't know if we talked about this, huh? Belly's Star was nominated for a Grammy Award. That, I don't think that was on our... I surely I have to re-listen to the... I, I'd have to, but I, it's like, man, did I not know that? Uh, surely I did. I would imagine uh, yeah, it was in our notes. It seemed like something I would have came... I did a lot more research for that than I had done for The Cure. By the way, Belly lost to U2's Zuropa. That makes... No, it makes no, no sense. Zuropa's terrible. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, no. <laughs> other than, other than U2's, like, standard fame taking the win on that one, like... That, that was a tough year, too, because who else? There Smashing Pumpkins was in there. And Nirvana, it was stacked, and I was like, how did Zeropa win? Like, Nirvana probably should have won that year. Or that Smashing, because Siamese Dreams from Smashing Pumpkins. I think artistically out of those albums, I would pick that one. I'd have to look up specifically, like, that album from Smashing Pumpkins, because I haven't started listening to whole albums at once. Oh, Siamese Dream? It's the album you know. That's what I figured. That or, well, Melancholy was pretty popular. I knew, I know Melancholy, like, as well. The Back of Your Hand. Yeah. All right, but that's been uh, Grammy Talk. (laughs) <laughs> Grammy talk with Tim and Matt. It received four stars from Rolling Stone and an eight out of ten from NME, uh, a B from Entertainment Weekly, which I thought reflected weirdly because I, you know, I didn't come across any other Entertainment Weekly reviews on previous albums. Right. So after Disintegration, then they're like mainstream, mainstream. It seems like, and then they became because this is Weekly. also their highest selling right after their most revered album, yeah. Disintegration. Uh, speaking of which, as far as reviews, I usually throw in quotes and stuff like that from reviews to reflect the like how people felt about it at that time. But, you know, 8 out of 10, 4 out of 5 stars, and a B. I started, I went down like a review hole of actual Cure fans, and they are super defensive about this album. What? Yeah, they were talking about how uh, one guy mentioned the, it's not fair, the critical animosity toward this album. Eight out of ten, four out of five. I mean, a B. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's essentially a four out of five. Also, yeah. isn't it a B yeah. on a grade scale like that? I mean, I would I would assume a B is a solid four out of five. Uh, another one said it was criminally underrated, uh, <laughs> and this one might not be so good for us. Sadly, the last great Cure album. <laughs> we still have a few to go. That hurts. Of course, as usual, there were lineup changes. <laughs> Every what? album. No. Yeah, I know, right? This would be Boris Williams' last album, and it would be the first studio album for Perry Bamonte, and it would also be Porl Thompson's last album for 16 years. He was able to take a 16-year break <laughs> from the band. And I'm doing back. the math. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. They came back randomly in yeah. the early 2000s. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I did realize when I first started listening to the album, like, I was super familiar with these songs, so I went back and I looked up the first album I remember personally owning. I, you know, talked huh? about, I had heard Disintegration through my cousin, but I didn't really own, own that one. It was just called Show. It oh. was a live album. Oh, it's the, the EP, the album, live album. No, it's full release. Is it? Yeah. But there was an EP with that one, too. Though, okay. I, I was like, because I saw that one show up randomly on a playlist that I found for Wish. Oh, gotcha. Well, it was recorded during the Wish tour, so that's yeah. why I do remember a lot of these songs. I mean, the, I, I kind of looked at the track list together, uh-huh. and, you know, there were some, like, previous hits thrown in, but it was probably six of the albums, songs off this album they played 
That makes sense. On that that album, so I kind of knew it pretty well. So that brings us to the album tracks. First up is Open. Hitting it on the head with that title. This is yeah, the it, opener. the opener. <laughs> I like the bass line in this song, but I like a lot of bass lines, apparently. I mean, I think I talk about bass lines almost every time we listen to these albums. I mean, as I'm taking notes, I'm like, I say vocals a lot. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> another thing... I think it's generally true about this band. If you really break some of the parts down, specifically like with this song, they're really simplistic. But it's the arrangements that Robert Smith creates later with all these simple parts together that really makes an enveloping, complex sound when you're listening to them. Yeah, no, I could see that. This one was a little bit too long. I I found that true about a lot in this album, but we'll cover that later. But this song was... I mean, not by much. Not enough yeah. that I dislike it. Yeah, not because... Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I dislike this song because of its length. We've said it eight times before. I'm saying it now for the ninth time. They know how to write an opener. They do. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, so far, every album, you can be guaranteed first song is enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> and then at least that's I mean, you good. Could, you could probably cut the first song out of every track, make a new album, or out of every album... Make an album called Openers. Yep. And everybody would love it. Yeah. But you'd be hard-pressed to find which one to actually open the album with. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> oh, man. Next was High. Is that, that's the one that's got like the weird, like mystical-sounding intro. Yeah, it's the popular, one popular, of the popular yeah. songs. It, yeah, I, I put down that it's similar to like Close to Me or Pictures of You. And even another song on this album, Friday I'm in Love. Yeah. But this one, it it is. It's similar to those songs. It has some missing X factor that makes it not as good as those songs. It, it's, it's got not that bad, poppy, but it's not as good sound. Mm-hmm. But if you listen real close to those lyrics, and even like the vocal delivery of the like, it's still got that goth like background to it. All right. Well, I don't pay attention to lyrics, so yeah. Got any examples? Uh, not directly. No. Well, come on, man. You're gonna bring some shit up like that? Bring examples. <laughs> Oh no, for 10. Yep, like I said, it just doesn't do anything that sets it apart from those two songs. No. Speaking of apart, number hey, three. Apart! <laughs> Classic, painful, gear, cure, gothy goodness. It, yeah, it brings you right back to it. Yeah. Classic, cure. Yeah, this is, this is what you get with this band. Just sadness. The whispering vocals behind the actual vocals. Yes. Adds a dimension to it, makes it a little spookier or whatever. Nope. Uh, haunting and mired in sadness, but again, a little too long. Yep. I really, really liked it too, but up until about three and a half minutes, that's when I was like, man, why'd you go long? Because I was liking it up till then, but I don't think I can, there's not enough there to be making, how long is a song? Six minutes maybe? I think this one six is. Six and a half? Six and a half? Yeah. This could also be the five minute. Could have been. And high might be. No, no, I was pretty sure. High it was, was poppy, four. so yeah. it was, yeah, it was, you know. I know open a normal pop song. Five, like. almost six, maybe? Yeah. 551, maybe, on open. Damn, paying attention to the timestamps a lot. I go this long, I end up yeah. at going like, how much longer does yeah, this Yeah, no, I end up doing that a lot. Or, or uh, finding the lyrics to the songs to like. Oh, I'd never do that. Well, that's. You actually look at the lyrics when you're listening? Uh, if I, the third or fourth time through. That makes sense. Maybe I should try Yeah, that. I'll check out the lyrics if I can, like, see where they, they fit as far as the sound. You know what? That's a pretty good idea, Matt. Maybe I'll try that for the next album. Especially on these longer ones. Like, I don't usually do it until about halfway through, and I'm like, 
It's really long. And then I Google the lyrics. Well, I mean, most of the time, all I'm doing there is I take a few notes, and yeah. then I'm just kind of listening. I don't, like, surf or whatever, and I kind of focus on it. But reading yeah. the lyrics might add an additional layer of focus. Yeah. And it might find me something to make fun of, because I'm sure there are some Oh, lyrics. there are some weird I'm lyrics. I'm sure there are some weird lyrics. lyrics. I'll be like, oh, my God, that's so that's just cheesy. Yeah. Uh, up next was from the edge of the deep green sea, and I was checking to see how long the part had right near the end of where the part was. Yeah. So I was looking long enough to see it skip forward to from the edge and saw that it was seven minutes. Over seven minutes. Yeah. I was like, oh, I was say, from the edge is the on. longest song on this album. Like, if you weren't paying attention, the keyboard intro for this one, because yeah. I wasn't paying attention when the song switched over. Right. Uh, and... The keyboard intro is, like, a bit jarring from the end of uh, Apart. Oh, I didn't notice it. Because <laughs> it's like, Apart is that, I mean, it's that sound. And then yeah. this has got that keyboard is, like... Yeah, it's not quite as gothy, yeah. gothy as Apart is. I mean, it's still, like, got that distortion sound in it, but it's not as gothy as Apart's intro yeah. and ending. It doesn't have the spooky feel or whatever it yep. is, yeah. It does have an interesting start, though. And it, it goes back to what I said before with, like, if you really listen to these parts on this song, they're like, the bass is like two notes in the beginning intro. And the guitar just kind of making wah-wah, yeah, wah-wah sounds. Yep. But you throw in that percussion, that because they, they have advanced percussion in this song. And then Smith's vocals, you get a wall of sound, which it may, it's super interesting. But at seven minutes, it's still too long. Yeah. But this song, I could see it carrying like five minutes. And not be as, not feel as long as Apart feels at its time length now. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Apart definitely felt like it was longer than it is. There were, yeah. And, and. Apart has more of a redundancy yeah, to it. Yeah, there's a lot of repeats in the, in the instrumental. There's like, not, yeah, there's not a whole lot of mixing it up. Whereas with, from the edge of the deep green sea. Because a really long name. <laughs> yeah. The, whereas that one has just a lot more going on with it that makes it. Where it, you can be interested in it longer yeah. than the simplicity of a part. And it's, I, I even wrote, like, it's got like a hypnotic sound to it. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of keeps you into it, even though it's super long. But again, it, if you are a person that enjoys longer songs, and maybe you will like this, it, you might think these songs are great, because they're not necessarily bad. They're just longer than I like. Yeah. Which is a minor complaint, really. Yeah, I was going to say, if your only complaint is that the song is long, that's... That's not too bad. A huge nugget. Also, it's it's a minute too long. Yeah, like, 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 I can't spare another minute. This to song is song five minutes too out. long. It should have ended at two minutes. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, like, cut maybe a half a minute to a minute out. But yeah. also, it's not like it's that hard for you to listen for an additional minute. Yeah. Windy Time. Did you know this song was originally called Windy's Time? I did not. But Dave Thomas sicked his, his lawyers on the cure and got it changed. Because of Wendy's. <laughs> yes, because of like, Wendy's. Well, Smith did a Rolling Stone interview where he talks about how him and his a lot of little group of buddies, yeah. whenever they want to go <laughs> score, this is crazy. Whenever they want to go score heroin, they would say Wendy's time. Oh, because they would meet their dealer meet their dealer at Wendy's. At, yeah, in Leeds, England. Yeah, it's insanity. <laughs> Crazy stuff. So, yeah, thanks a lot, Dave Thomas. Yeah, made it change the title to by what a letter. Wind, yeah, by a letter. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I guess it's just windy, but yeah, hey, man, you got to protect the brand. Apparently, got to protect the brand. Everybody knows that today. 
clearly you just weren't selling the heroin right. By the way, none of that's true. I but, just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like a Tim is <laughs> Wendy's time. This is one of their like funky guitar songs. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah, yeah. Bum, bum. It's like, not like as heavy as some of them, but it's I, back there. I it's labeled it as like a dance jazz sound. Yep. Like, yep. And they do, they've had they probably had a song on the past three albums that's sort of like this. Yeah. I mean, they didn't do this style of song early on, but the past few albums they've had at least one on there that's like bum, bum, bum. they're usually pretty good. Must have been one of those songs that I got really into because I have like two sentences of nothing. All right, don't have much on this one. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean that. I mean that's usually a good sign. Like I didn't take the minute out to take lengthy notes on this one because I was really into the sound. All there, right, apparently. like the funky style of Cure, huh? Apparently, instead of the poppy jangly. Yeah, that makes sense for me. <laughs> <laughs> Number six, doing the unstuck. I like the feel of this song overall. The Vocal intro, yeah, was a big change, but I liked it. Right, I noticed uh, the sarcastic "Let's get happy." Like it, he sings that at yeah. one point. Yep, it kind of describes the song because it the song's almost one of their poppy ones. It, it almost, but it's almost like he drops tuning down lower. It's just not quite. It's almost like they're doing a dark version of their poppy songs, yep. and they're making fun of their poppy songs. They are. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, like, this is one of those, again, that I looked at, at some of the lyrics on, yeah. and if you if you read the lyrics outside of listening to the song, right. you would think this is one of their goth songs. Like, this is 100%, like, I am 90% positive this song is about ending it all. Right. <laughs> yeah. Burning the house down and going with it. <laughs> but it's not far off from, uh, like, Friday I'm in Love, yeah. or... Any of those songs. It does use a multitude of inter- instruments. Yeah. And a lot of chaotic energy with this song. It really does. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed this one quite a bit. Number seven is Friday I'm in Love. It is, a, of course, a Cure classic. It's the one almost everybody knows. That's what I mean. Yeah, I think most people, if you said, hey, do you know any Cure songs? This would come up. Yeah. To, for most even, people. I think even, you know, fans. Actually, you might have right. to tell some. A lot of people like, you know, Friday I'm in Love. And then they'd be like, oh, I know that song. I know that song, yeah. I'd be like, this is the cure. You know, Friday I'm in Love. Oh, yeah, I love that song. But it's, I mean, it is the song. It is a great song, but it's, I've heard it too many times over the course of my life, I think. Yeah. No, I kind of ran into that too. Like, it it came up and I'm like, I've heard this song a million times. Yeah. I I don't really need to listen to this again. I did, but. I did, yeah. I will say, it does, like, listening to this song in the album that it's in. Yeah. It fits. It's think, got that kind of poppy sound, but still not... I didn't think so, honestly. I thought it was kind of an outlier for this album. But I'll I'll tell you why later. Okay. I do remember loving this song when it first... The first yeah. time I heard this song... No, you I, mean before it was over? I was shit myself running around singing it. I mean, I loved it. All right. I just heard it too many times today. Yeah, that makes sense. Number eight is Trust. Got that somber opening with the piano. Dark piano intro, man. And then, uh, like, I know it's probably a keyboard, but it sounds sort of like a ghosty electronic organ. Yep. <laughs> I, I like these uh, morose, sad songs. I don't know why, but I really enjoy, enjoy them. Makes sense. Got really good when uh, the drums kicked in. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it's pretty long little intro there for a while. And then, boom, boom. Uh, and I always like Smith when he's got the uh, the pleading vocals. Just so much pain. Dude, yeah. <laughs> it's, but, it's ridiculous how much pain he can evoke in some of these songs. I mean, that's talent on his part. Oh, yeah. So that wasn't too bad either. That was a really good one. Number nine was A Letter to Elise. And I might be mixing up which song, 
like, man, this is exactly, I think, Love Song. Not in a, hey, this has a similar sound to Love Song, but it's like almost like they had, oh, we took this out of Love Song last time and turned it into its own song. Yeah, no, I can see that. You know what I mean? So I didn't care for it for that reason. So I was like, man, it's just too much like Love Song. Yeah. Why wouldn't I just listen to Love Song? So that, this is the first, was the first like real, like, dud on this album for me. Yeah, I mean, this one wasn't too, I, this is one where I took a little more notes, but still not a lot of notes. <laughs> so what would you have to say? Uh, solid start, kind of pull you up, like, it kind of pulled you out of the gloom that was, uh, yeah. Trust. Oh yeah, no, it is, uh, It's that poppy up. Yeah, they're trying to switch you to, out of that yeah. mode, for sure. Which, I mean, they do a good job of that, like, here's a sad, super sad song, here's a song not so well, sad let's, let's to make, because... Yeah, no suicide today, guys. Yeah, happy song. But yeah, I mean that was my biggest one. Just kind of definitely that solid start to kind of pull you out of the the gloom of trust. Of trust, which so is a weird statement. Now that we said it. Yeah, if you want to stay in the gloom, just skip to cut. Actually, you might have to skip a couple songs. Yeah, that's true. Number ten is cut. Man, I like the way this one started off. Is that guitar work? <laughs> yeah. Got some violin in there. You know what's amazing when I can identify that that's the guitar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then that bass and the snappy drums. It's the most energetic song on this track. It is. I mean, by far, I really like Cut. I, and you know what else? Which, I don't know if this is true for most of the songs when he, they do these sort of like energetic, almost pop-punky sort of songs. Yeah. Which I shouldn't say that because it's not pop-punk. It is not It's pop-punk. the cure. But yeah. just like the tempo, things like that are similar. Yep. It was probably Smith's best vocal performance. Most of the time on these type of songs... He seems to pull out all the stops when it comes to these type of songs. I I think generally he doesn't. I think the band, he lets the band carry him more on this one, man. like He had some fucking high notes yeah. a couple times in this thing. Hey, man, if it's impressive for Mariah Carey, impressive <laughs> for this guy, it's too. impressive for this dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, he's hitting some high ones. Yep. And doing it with some aggression. I, yeah, Cut it was... We can talk more about Cut later. But I, I like to cut. Number 11, to wish impossible things. So this one I took is like, and this just might be the way I heard it, as opposed to the way the song actually is. The tempo makes it kind of sad before everything starts, but the sad is still there after everything starts. <laughs> Somewhat. I liked the use of the viola. Yep. It is mellow and melancholic is yes. what I put down, but not in the gothy way. No, it's, it's not a goth song. No, it's the... I don't know what to label it, I guess. I figured out what to label it. Yeah? Sounds like he's singing over a JRPG overworld theme. Hey, yeah. No, I got that. <laughs> I mean, yes, I play a lot of JRPG. And it would also be near the end of the game where everything looks like it's lost. Yeah, yeah. You know how every JRPG, when you first get it, into them, it's... Bah, 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 yeah, bah, bah, it's, it's the right towards the end, right before the end boss. Yeah. You, Everything's gone to crap. You're on your way to the last guy, <laughs> yeah. and the whole overworld has changed. There's yeah. no clouds, it's... Everything cataclysmic has happened. Everything is red and yeah, the header, the ground is blue and gray. Yeah. yeah, yep. No, I see that now. <laughs> I kind of it. It was really good. I really like to wish impossible things. Also, uh, near the end of the song, I thought to myself, like, end the last song. End. Yeah, it better be good. Yeah, because no, this would have been a fine album ender. No, that was my thought too. Like, if I hadn't have double checked because of the weirdness. Of the playlist I found. Right. I probably would have put this one as the album under. Yeah, I, I think it would have it would have left you remembering yeah. this album. 
I especially think if you end with cut into Wish Impossible Things, those two, you'll walk away from this album remembering those two and coming back to it later, I think. Yeah. I want to see how ends stood up. It, you know, didn't start off too bad. A little more distortion to their guitar parts in this one, I thought. Yeah. And I actually thought that seemed almost grunge-like. So I sat there listening to it and like, well, it's not necessarily grunge-like, but this reminds me of a band of the grunge era. Took me a while. It reminded me of Screaming Trees, which I don't know if you've ever listened to them or not. I, I have. I they have. were one of the, and they weren't really a grunge band. They just came from the same area, but it did kind of remind me of a Screaming Trees song. It wasn't bad. They should have ended. It, they should have ended it. Yeah. With they should have put this somewhere else in the yeah. album. I think to wish impossible things leaves such a great impression. I will say though that the work with the soundboard to make the wispy vocal sound was really good a lot i mean i've heard a few songs that use that and it ends up like the lyrics end up really hard to hear right when you make them that way and this one i it wasn't hard it's not a bad song no. honestly i just wish it appeared somewhere else in the album and i think even if they backed it up one and somewhat i think an abnormal song for them they don't tend to sound like this song yeah this is this is a new sound yeah, I mean, just it's different. It's one of those things where it's like, I bet they don't even like pursue what they did with this song yeah. any further. Then again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they put this at the end because this is their new sound. This is the next album's gonna sound like this, guys. Yeah. On to the overall. Would you like to start with your thoughts? Sure. I mean, my first one, as we discussed earlier, a lot of the songs are really long, but I don't know that I could find the place to like trim them down to make them sound right. All right. I actually thought that. Apart from the edge of the deep green sea and actually end also were all too long for my tastes. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I can see where you're coming from. I just, like, I can't see where to take parts out to make them shorter. I bet I could. I mean, on, a, on a part, I'm telling you, a part is pretty simplistic. Yeah. It's pretty repetitive. You could probably take out 30 seconds of that easy. Yeah. End is kind of the same, too, though. I mean, it's not like... I said it sounded like Screaming Trees. It wasn't like Screaming Trees was doing a whole lot of advanced stuff. It that's was true. Verse, course, mercy stuff. And End is like that. And that's where Screaming Trees are better, because they kept their songs at, like, three minutes or whatever. Right. And I mean, From the Edge of the Deep Green Sea, I'll kind of give you on that one a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, that, that one was probably when I made that note in the overall, right. was I don't know where to make that one shorter. Yeah, because it mixes it up a lot more. There's a lot more changes in parts... Things like that. It's more advanced yeah. with the number of instruments used, yep. the amount of percussion. So, yeah, that one might be difficult to cut. But like I said, I didn't mind that one as yeah. much as I did a part and end, actually. But, I mean, even, like, looking back at previous albums, like, earlier albums, I could be like, well, you could easily cut, like, a minute off of the intro that was... Yeah, that's true, minutes. too. Yep. Like, there wasn't, there wasn't too many, like, three-minute yeah, intros in this They one. absolutely did not suffer from that, where it was yeah. like... Why did you intro like this for two and a half minutes? Because yeah. most of the, when they did have intro parts, were probably like 40 seconds. Yeah. Like a normal intro time. Any other thoughts? Apparently, great pop sounding album with some interesting goth lyrics thrown in. Because I think by the end of it, other than the songs that we've labeled really good, yeah. a lot of the songs were there more. There was quite a bit of poppy stuff in yeah. there. I wouldn't say as poppy as, like, Head on the Door, though. No. I think it's more balanced. I think Head on the Door was more of their, hey, here, we're doing pop. Yeah, I think <laughs> there's a little more balanced, sort of like Disintegration. Disintegration's the same way. It's kind of balanced. Yep. Like, two or three poppier songs, and then kind of giving you what you've 
just the evolved goth sound that they've developed. Yeah. The last note that I made is there's no true title track. Oh, yeah, there's not. Yep. But they got away from that a couple albums ago, didn't they? Uh, no, they had that on Disintegration. Yeah, Disintegration had a title but track. I think the one before they did not, maybe. And Head on the Door did not know because Head on the Door was... Head uh, on the Door was the first one that It was a comment. lyric from... God, I wonder if I could remember. Isn't it a lyric from the first song in the album? No. It'd be one of the bigger hits on the album, but I can't think of it right now anyways. Which is fine. Maybe you'll look it up and figure it out <laughs> while I share some additional thoughts. Yeah. You know, I realized with this album, The Cure is a really great headphones band. I think headphones are always preferable over like just listening in your car because it, you know, it's right in your ears. And I think it always makes some difference to the music you're listening to. But there are a lot of bands that I listen to where it's it's only going to make a minor difference. If I'm listening to some punk band, I'm not going to hear some sound that like, oh, I never noticed that before. It's not the way it works with The Cure, though. When you actually have headphones in, there are things that it was probably playing in your car, but it got drowned out by wind, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I could see, yeah. Sorry. If you're going to listen to The Cure, I really think, put those headphones on because you're going to hear some small... And it might be just a small 30-second part that just... But it changes the entire song. And I think that's happened almost every time with these albums where I'll listen to them in my car or at work. And I'm sort of like, oh, yeah, that was The Cure. But then I get home, throw those headphones in, like, oh, this is The Cure. Like, yeah, this is a good band. As far as this album goes, it is a good Cure album, but there weren't many songs that stood out to me. This is a... Cure album. That's what I mean. It's kind of yeah. It's it's a Cure album. It's not bad, but it's also I don't I don't think it's great. Uh, Friday I'm in Love is a classic. There's no disputing that. Like everybody in the world knows that. Uh, but I think the last couple albums have had you know two or three classics or what I would consider Cure classics. I did love Cut. Cut was solid. Cut I think shined above everything on this album. Which, you know, maybe if I'd heard this at the same time as Friday I'm in Love, maybe I'd be saying Cut and Friday I'm in Love shine brighter than everything else. Yeah, maybe. So, you know, I admit my burnout on Friday I'm in Love. But man, yeah, I hope the next album sounds like Cut. Because Cut was a great song. I really like To Wish Impossible Things and Doing Unstuck. I think both of them are really interesting songs, and I'll probably give them a few more listens. But I don't know that there'll be something that I go back to much more than that. Yeah, I think there's, there's a few songs on the album... That if they show up on like a random listen on YouTube, yeah, or, I'd listen to it. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll listen to them. I, I think all of these. Yeah, if they show up randomly on YouTube. I'll listen to them, but, but I'm not going to go through the effort to search look for, for them again. Yeah. Whereas cut by, I will probably listen to that one the rest of my life. That's a really great song. Yeah, as I will probably as... never listen to Friday I'm in Love unless I can, you know, not help it. Yeah, that one is one that I'll skip. <laughs> I will. Too, I, but, I yeah. frequently skip that uh, one. Play through. I'll absolutely do that. So overall, I'm going to give this album a 3. I, I really thought about going 3-5 because it's, really, it's a competent album, Yeah, it's... which is almost a backhanded compliment, to be completely honest with you. It's worth a listen. I just don't think it's something you're going to come back to like you would, say, pornography, head on the door, or disintegration. I wavered a bunch on this one. Like, originally, I gave it a 3. A solid 3. It's, it's good. I went to 4 for a minute. So, I mean, I settled at 3-5. Gave it that extra half. I did. I did. And honestly, there's more songs in this album I like than Tim Likes, I think. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. And I think that's honestly what gave it the extra half point, is there were more songs that had enough vocal and lyrical movement that that I enjoyed more. Right. But I think this is also 
where I started, like, this is the cure. <laughs> oh, getting to that, because I, I thought that, too, when I was listening at work. Like, you know what, I think maybe I'm at peak here. Yeah. I'm doing this podcast. Is that what you mean? Yep. So I, I don't think that had anything to do with this one. Honestly, after listening to it through the headphones, I think I gave this a fair shot. Yeah. And compared it fairly to the other albums. I mean, there were worse albums. Can't think of which ones off the top of my head got worse than three, but some of them definitely did. I mean, I know for a fact the double LP did. Oh, yeah, it did. <laughs> for both of us, far that one got too much. Like yeah, far too much. But no, I don't think I'm burned out yet. I'm going to have a few more I mean, albums to go. I think we've spaced them out kind of well enough. Yep. I'm but, not saying I'm burnt out, but this is definitely like what I think of when I think of the Yeah, I th- maybe that's it, too. Like yeah. they're, not, they're not able to blow you away as much because yeah. you've kind of heard what they do. Yeah. Okay, I could see that as an yeah. argument. I mean, like, I'll continue to listen to The Cure probably forever. Not in this regard. Like, I won't listen to them like albums, this. Yeah. yeah. But this is definitely like, all right, this is what The Cure does. This is how it works. Yes. This is an album. They're solid band. Yep. I mean, that's a solid between the two of us, what, 3.25? Like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's functional. Yeah. It's only a five-point scale. What do you want? <laughs> Apparently, they want more than four out of five. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no kidding. <laughs> We're going to get roasted in the comments. I hope not. I don't care to do it. Well, what's up for next episode's match play? You're going to love this one. Let me actually type it down this time. I swear I thought I did last. You want to type this in and save it this time? Yeah, I am definite I did that last time. (laughs) All right. What do we got? Power of Love. Huey Lewis. Huey Lewis and the News. Yes. Frankie goes to Hollywood. Frankie goes to Hollywood? Really? Man, that seems confusing since they were around the same area. Yeah. Era. Uh, the other the Luther, Luther Vandross was another one. Oh, yeah, I think I know that one too. Maybe I'll become a big Vandross head after ah! this match play. <laughs> and Jennifer Rush is the. Don't know who that is. Not a clue. All right. Well, honestly, hey, I got no biases on this one, I think, in any way, shape, or form. No, I don't think there's anybody that I'm, like, going to opt out of myself. Like, yeah. this will be the first one where Tim and I both. Get a full run of everybody. Have to vote fairly. Yeah, what? No no longer have our rigged system. (laughs) All right, anything else before we go, Matt? I don't think so. Well, let's go freezing disc. Follow us on Twitter at Frisky Discs. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. 